Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we jump into this interview, I want to invite you to be considered for my 2019 Traveling Mastermind. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com and fill out the application and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a great fit. This year, we'll be in Boston doing lots of cool things like training with Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero. In the middle of the year, we'll be heading to Monaco doing things like vintage car rides through the French Riviera. And then we're going to wrap the year in Florence, Italy, doing things like truffle hunting and hot air ballooning over Florence. Look, Life is all about fulfillment, and I really try and walk the walk. So if you are looking to be part of our tribe of 28 high-achieving entrepreneurs that are in the six- and seven-figure range, fill out your application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com to be considered. So think of the mastermind as having two parts. The first is the trip itself. And the second part is what goes on over the four days within the mastermind. Our group of 28 entrepreneurs will help you brainstorm and accelerate what you want to achieve in 2019. And we'll do that through a variety of different exercises, brainstorming activities, breakout sessions, goal setting sessions, you know the drill. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, Kimberly, the power of now Murgatroyd, how the heck are you? Uh, I am good. Hey, why, what is, why are we calling me the power uh, of now Murgatroyd? What is this new ritual of um, sitting in your car reading a book? Why, why, why are you doing that? Why, why am I seeing this happening? Uh, because number one, I really need to read more and... I just working from home sometimes like I, I is I'm not like you okay I can't like what the hell's that supposed to mean I don't checklist everything from like taking a poop to you know reading and everything else I do during the day so, I don't have to checklist to poop anymore I, anymore she <laughs> <laughs> you knows the key word there I, I I have hard time with structure I am not a structured person okay but you're doing it but well so this is what I'm doing. I happen to have this random pocket of 40 minutes between dropping Sophia off and going to yoga where I sit in my car and basically enter the scroll hole, which is not good for anybody, the scroll hole of social media. So I decided instead to bring a book with me, read something inspiring and uplifting and motivating and inspirational. I said that twice. And then go into yoga and have a great practice versus you know seeing what everybody's pissed about today and then going into my yoga practice. Why now are you reading the power now? When I gave you the power now thirty seven years ago, and you and no, you actually, tried to give me a new earth. I gave you his second version, right? A new earth, and you said my earth is fine. Yeah. Why? Why now are you reading the power? Of now, well, because I am more open to, I don't know, I'm more open to growth. I'm more open to finding um, my, you know, inner purpose. I'm more open to connecting with myself. I'm 
I'm turning 40. Like I'm not 23 anymore. I think I think I was like in my 20s and you're like, read a new earth. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Okay, I'm 20. We're going to work. It's going to be fine. <laughs> so I just think I'm more open. All right. But aren't so you glad I am? I I'm am. just catching up to you. I am. And Listen, you're, you're 862. You're uh, going to have to give me a minute. I'm Methuselah. Is Methuselah, was Methuselah? No, Methuselah has the snakes on her head. That's the one we who's... But I think no, she was that's like, Medusa, not Methuselah. I don't know. I don't know one of them, but one of them was like 900 years old. Somebody, do you know what it is? We're going to have someone email us and tell us. That's hey, what it is. Hey, honey, you know what we're talking about today? What are we talking about? We're talking about the gift of freedom. Freedom. I cannot sing. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that, you know, we've talked a lot about the stages that we're in right now. And people seem to really be interested in that. I think probably because like us, there's certain things that they're looking to do to evolve to the next level of their life. And, you know, like I was looking to people like Chris and Lori Harder and Lewis Howes and, you know, just the list goes on and on of people who've, you know, got out of a corporate gig or got out of some gig that they didn't want to be in anymore. And, you know, now we're on the other side of that. So I really want to be I that sound like I was going through puberty there. I really want to be <laughs> Bobby. I really Bobby, Brady, Bobby Brady. 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 I really want to be sensitive to uh maybe sensitive isn't a bad way. I, I want to be uh, grateful for where we are, but I also want to be instructional for people that are listening to this podcast and are either seeking inspiration um around the next chapter of their life, looking for tools. Uh, tips and tactics to get to the next stage of their lives. So I thought today we could talk about that. You know, I remember how being as a chiropractor, being tied to my table, working, you know, five days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. with no end in sight, just freaking sucked. But more than that, and by the way, my me saying being tied to my table is simply a metaphor for whatever it is for you. It might be you tied to your computer. It might be you tied to your car. It might be you tied to an airplane, hopefully not on the top of it or the back of it. <laughs> oh my God. But you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you're what, tied to your job. You're that tied, yeah. Isn't filling it's your an soul. anchor. It's an anchor. It's, it's an a, anchor to something that you're, you're checking the box. You're going to work. You're clicking away at the nine to five, dreaming of freedom. There you go. So, you know, I was thinking about a couple of things and I I thought what we would do today. And I'm, by the I'm way- I'm glad that you say, I thought what we could do today because <laughs> you're looking at it for the first time. So let's just be super clear here. Listen, listen, don't-, don't I thought what we could do today. Jo- listen, your job is to direct, okay? Not interrupt. Now, <laughs> the se- the first thing I want to talk about is what happened with my relationship with Sophia. So we have a four-year-old. Her name is Sophia. She's freaking adorable. And I am so glad that Kim is home from being gone for five days because she Kim needs How to spend- How is that, by the way? Kim needs to spend more time I went to uh, with a, this I went adorable- to Phoenix for um, a big event, like kickoff event with my, my team. And uh, this is the first time Rob hasn't come with me because he's getting ready, gearing up for his mastermind. And uh, he had Sophia for five days. And I mean, if you watched his social media, he needed validation. And every day he asked Sophia how he was doing. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure you said, if you say awesome, I'll give you a cupcake. I think that's how that went down. Oh, I completely did that. (laughs) I completely did that. And the fact that you just called me out on it, I think it's actually remarkable. But I have to tell you, you know, while you were, while you were out in, uh, in Arizona with your team. Gallivanting. Gallivanting. I'm noticing a lot of the people on your team, one of them, I I won't name uh, the person. I won't even give the gender was crying this morning about 
how transformational her life has been since joining your team. So uh, number one, I want to uh, acknowledge you uh, for that. And uh, number two, for those that want to cry too, how uh, how do they reach out to you? Oh my God, Kim Murgatroyd on Instagram. But what's great about that, let me just say, and I'm not even sure who you're referring to, but what I love about the business that I'm in that does create the freedom and all of that, Uh, because it is in line with what we're talking about today. But what I love is it's literally a personal development company, right? With a compensation plan, with a paycheck. You know, you asked me before why I'm reading The Power of Now and why I'm going into, you know, deep reflection and trying to grow. It's because I need it to get to the next level. And I, you know, need it to get to not my, not just business next level, but my personal next level. And so now at, you know, approaching 40 in like 14 days, I really am just digging deep and trying to really find my purpose and how I can give more to this world. And uh, and that's what it's all about. Is this why you're going to the Holy Land next week? Because you want to <laughs> you want to be more spiritual? We're going to Israel. Is this is this the reason why you chose it? Because it's part of your spiritual journey? Do you know, I wish I could say that it was something so deep and spiritual, but I think I just really love hummus and falafel <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> Moving on to number one, which so was go, <laughs> which was my relationship with Sophia. Look, so look, here's the deal. When I was working, I had a good relationship with my child and I would, I would classify it as good, okay? And- So let's give description. Like you would come home at 7, 7.30 at night. You'd walk in the door and you'd be like, hi, Sophia. And what was her response? Uh, middle finger, um, sometimes. <laughs> and other- Sometimes she would run to you. And then, just, sometimes she'd run the other way. And sometimes she'd run the other way. Yeah, piss me off. And we used to have a lot of conversations. You were like, she just doesn't like me, right? Which, by the way, is the most adolescent thing for a parent <laughs> to say about a, a then three-year-old. Or two-year-old or whatever. Right, which means that I, who who actually was uh, the child and who was the parent? She doesn't like me. No, but you know, my advice was to spend more time with her. And what we came up with was like, like you did with Demi, Demi Daddy Day to do Sophia Saturday. Demi is our 20-year-old. Yeah, so um, just like you did Demi Daddy Day on the weekend, you started Sophia Saturday. And you know it was relegated to this one day of the week because you were doing seven to seven every other day, Monday through Friday. So you know that one day a week, although it improved your relationship when you spent that quality time with her, what's the difference now with you being home at four o'clock, you know, you're here in the morning, you're here at night because before she'd wake up, you were already gone. She'd come, you'd come home and she'd be headed into bed, like kiss in bed. I can actually answer that. I am, I am I now- I sure hope so, because I just asked. I am, <laughs> I am now aware of the, the intricacies of her day. So, you know, I'm sensitive to the fact that if she's watching television, that she has a water bottle. I'm sensitive to the fact that that water bottle needs to be replaced. I'm sensitive to the fact that when she looks like she's going to poop in her pants because she's like panicking, running to the bathroom, that I know what that face is and I make sure I get the stool to lift her up onto it. When she says, I'm hungry, I know when she's really hungry versus I just want another treat, which I give her another treat anyway. So- like a hundred treats a day with daddy. Oh, so here's what I've learned. I've learned that it's not that you have to have this unbelievable, okay, we're going to sit down now. We're going to have daddy 
child time, daddy Sophia time. And we're going to read a book together and we're going to have quote unquote quality time. I don't think that that's the way it works. I think the way it works is you're just there. And when you're there and you're aware of things, you can get on the floor and play a game. When when you see that she's been watching an iPad for too long, you're like, put the iPad down and let's play, uh, let's do family movie night. Or when you're just around her more, you become connected and a part of her life in a much different way than when there's just 27 minutes at the end of the night and you're trying to have quality time. In my experience, that is forced. And and, and this is, I'm, I'm on a razor's edge here because I don't want to take the dad who's in this position and has no other choice because he's working and he's trying to take care of his family. And he's got 20 or the mom or whatever. And he's got you know 22 minutes at the end of the night and that's all they got. I, I don't want to take away because I know what that feels like. But I also want to say that if you get yourself and want to get yourself on the other side of that, that there's magic waiting there that I get a little verklempt talking about. Yeah, I mean, this is about creating that freedom, right? So if you are the mom or the dad that is missing out on knowing what those... Because there's no way, Rob, that's such a great example. There is no way that you could possibly know the 17 things she needs to do before she goes to sleep if you're not actually participating in it. You don't know what lunchtime looks like. You don't know all of the little routines that our OCD child has, you know, turn the light on 16 times, close the door three times, and then, you know, eat a quesadilla. Like you don't know those things until you're there living it. And, you know, to use Tony and what he does in UPW, think about what you were doing before, you know, leaving at 6 a.m., coming home at 7.30, whatever it is. And if you fast forward 25 years, what would your relationship with Sophia look like, feel like, and how would she look at her her relationship with her daddy, you know, versus today where now at four years old, she has you all the time? Well, I could tell you what it would be like. It would be like when you hear people say, like, my dad worked all the time. Yeah. And, Do you know what I mean? Like, my dad was good. We had a good relationship and he was a nice guy. And, you know, he's he's kind and always took care of us. And you know, he worked really, really hard. And But he was working. Yeah. And that's... Th- look... There's nothing wrong with that if that's if that's okay with you. But if you, and it wasn't even like I decided, you know, I wish I could say to you that I, I made this decision to be home more with the family very, very consciously because I wanted to improve the relationship. Like there was a part of me that knew that I wanted to be home more, but I just knew I wanted to be home more, but I didn't really understand what being home more actually did. And What's happening now is she's coming, this is it. It's actually hitting me as we're talking about this. She's coming to rely on me in the ways that she was relying on you. So now she's very comfortable saying, mommy, or very comfortable saying, daddy, when she needs something. Where in the past, it was 100%, 99%, mommy, 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 mommy. And I felt like, you know, Roseanne Barr's husband standing there like this, like the stupid, you know, the stupid guy in the corner, you know, not participating. And then when you're doing that, you tend to check out more. And so now she, I'm, she's being more inclusive because I'm being more included. You get the idea. Yeah. You get the idea. And, uh, and then on our relationship, even, you know, having that time with you in the morning, once Sophia goes to school, even if it's just an hour, 
to walk the dog together and to connect and to do those things that were missing. And the time at the end of the night where you're not coming home completely shot at 7.30 and needing to turn into a vegetable, you know, with a bottle of wine. Now you're coming home at four. And while I'm cooking dinner, we're having conversation and the bottle of wine. So there you go. Well, the wine t- hasn't changed, well, let's talk about that. earlier in the afternoon. Let's talk about that, which, which I, I don't know why I won't do it at 4.59, but 5.01, damn, that, bo- that bottle. Up, it depends on how bad my day is. That cork of, is yeah. popping. Let's talk about the second area, which is uh, structuring the day. Here's, yeah. here's what I've noticed with structuring the day. When you have freedom to be able to structure your day in the way that you want to do it, all of those things that you say I'm going to get to, you can actually structure, and I'm a scheduler, but I can actually schedule those things in. So for example, you know, now at the end of the day, I can come home and if I walk in the door at 4.45, I can get the dog walked and get, you know, just kind of like, you know, I have a routine. I got to turn the bed down at he's night. Like, he's like an old man. I, you know, you I know, mean, I'm I got, getting a glimpse of 80. I, <laughs> I got to turn the bed down. I got to put my my outfit on for the evening. I got to get the dog, you know, all of the things I get to do. And then at five o'clock, while Kim's cooking dinner, we have a glass of wine. We've got our... Um, Last night, to give you an example, we've got our big white sticky and we're planning four months to travel around the world or travel around Europe. And, you know, like sitting there with a bottle of wine while she's cooking and, you know, Sophia's hanging out watching TV, we were able to connect and dream. And so structuring the day now is so different and so many things are coming out of it because let's look at the alternative. The alternative is I'm coming home at 7.30. What's happening at 7.30? Everything is getting compressed. It's teeth and pee for Kim, no, for the baby. Okay, <laughs> to brush the teeth, pee, um, put your pajamas on, you put her down, I've got a call tonight, and then you crash. And all of the other magic of, you know, when Kim's putting the baby down, I get a chance to read a book. When she's cooking, we get a chance to re, uh, to, to, dream. Uh, to dream together. So the, the structuring of the day has been uh, really, really different. And even in the morning, like, uh, you know, I was telling you this morning about um, pages before swipes. Yeah, I love that. Chris and Lori Harder, thank you. Pages before swipes, that's what I'm doing in the morning with my with reading before I go into yoga, feeding my mind and um, gaining some inspiration before I go into the scroll hole, you know? Um, And the other thing that I think is really impactful for you, Rob, which you're, you know, you're new to this freedom game and being able to structure your day. And it used to be like, okay, well, I got to get my workout in and I got to go to the office and then I got to do this and then I got to do that. And it was more like a checklist. But now, you know, he's looking going, okay, if I go to the gym first, my brain is filled with all of the things I have to do today. And so I'm cutting my workout short or I'm, you know, doing this or that or my It's a distract not, it's a distracted it's a dis- workout because I haven't emptied my brain. Yeah. Um the the other thing I want to talk about well, which before is before you go there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Before you go there, having some people are like, "Nope, I got to get up, get my workout in at 5 a.m. and you know, and that's the way you do it." But if you had the entire day, what would that look like? So now He's able to wake up, do his meditation, do his morning, do whatever. And if it's not a yoga day, he'll go to work first, uh, which by the way, go to work means like go to the coffee shop or stay here and set up and do a video or whatever he has to do. He'll get that done first, empty his brain, you know, go through his checklist, his um, push planner. And then with a free brain and a free, 
you know, complete freedom and all that, go to the gym and get a great workout and then come home and, you know, go into family time. And to be able to have that that freedom to choose when are you going to be at your peak performance in the gym? When are you going to be at your peak performance for work? When, how can you set up your day to be at your peak performance for your family? Like being able, before we would go to bed at midnight because we just had no time to connect. Now we're going to bed at 10 because I've seen them since four. I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what you just said a minute ago is so freaking important, which is managing your energy. I am for shit at six o'clock at night and beyond. Like six, seven, eight o'clock at night. I wouldn't say for shit. I have the- I have the, uh, oh, okay. You're talking about about last night, are you? Mm -hmm. I have the ability to- have light conversation, dream, and, you know, just chill. I'm, I can really do that well late in the evening. So the nights that I come to you with like all this strategic It's talk. the worst. It's the worst. I don't even like, I literally want to go. Nah, 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 which... you, you actually do. And you know, my problem is that I'm a strategy brain. So I can't go to sleep without figuring out the strategy for whatever the problem is. And so I'm trying to like strategize at night and he's looking at me like, can we do this tomorrow? My peak times are probably, I'm going to say 10 in the morning after I've had a chance to kind of like, you know, wake up, have coffee, you know, journal, meditate, all that stuff, right around 10. And then I can really stay high bandwidth focused until around three. And then I start getting diminishing returns after three. I'm still good until five, but like five, six o'clock, it starts to drop. So the reason why I tell you this is I think it's really important to know where your best and do the things that you want to do during the times where you know are best. I cannot say enough how important it is to manage your energy. Yeah, and to create those rituals. If you're someone it like, okay, so you know, if you're in a job right now and it's a nine to five and you go to work at 8.59 and you walk out the door at 4.59, you know, you have that structure built into your day. But as you begin to gain more freedom and whatever way that means for you, whatever, whatever way that works, as you begin to gain that freedom, we're not talking about retirement here where you like become a bump on a log. And Rob was telling me yesterday that people that sit on the couch all day and do nothing end up dying because the universe says that they don't need them anymore. <laughs> Did I do that? I, I mean, accurately? I mean, you, you shortened a Harvard study into two sentences, but it was a 20 year study. But yeah, it, it basically was saying that there's some evidence to show, and please, you got to Google this because I'm going to get it all wrong, but you'll get the idea. There's some evidence to show that if you're not contributing in any meaningful way to the world, that the moment that that, con- that lack of contribution begins, the universe, it could be argued, looks at you and says, you're not really adding a whole lot of value. <laughs> so goodbye yeah. and sends you home. So you don't want to do that. So you want to create the structure in your day. You want to take care of your body. You, I mean, this is another thing. I talk to, to people all day. Moms are like, oh my gosh, I'm home with this baby now. And all I want to do is eat because you're bored. You know, So you got to fill your day with rituals and things that motivate you, inspire you, hobbies, activities, and um, take care of your body, take care of your mind. And uh, don't let that, if you're a working, if you're working from home and you have a family, be mindful of allowing that work to creep into your family time. And, you know, like every single Monday, I have team calls at 8 p.m. That is part of my work. That's part of my job. But before and after that, I really do my best to be 100% with my family. 
Um, let's move on to the next one. B- making choices based on joy. Okay, so this newfound freedom is, I almost feel like, you know, Leonardo, like you're Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm Kate Winslet, and you're you're holding me up in the front of the boat and the wind is in my hair. And oh my like, God, my back would be killing me right now. I'm getting old. Are I you can't, saying I'm, I'm big? I, no, 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 I'm just saying I can't hold <laughs> All anything. All you gotta do is lean I in. I mean, in that, in like that position, was he holding her no, up in the she air? she's standing on the rail. Oh yeah, I can do oh I, no, I could. It's you bit, make me sound, you just said, I was like 70 <laughs> no. pounds. Now I'm like turned No, into, I, thought, I thought I had to like do a Cirque du Soleil where I had to hold you up. I didn't say up. you're like Mustafa or whatever his name, <laughs> holding me up like Simba. Okay, see, now we're making people stupid here. Come on, we're trying to help them. All right. So um, what I'm saying is I feel like the world literally is our oyster right now. And I love oysters. So I feel like the world is open in anything we want. Like we have starting June 30th, nothing to do. Like, I mean, we have our job, you know, and what we're doing to build a business, but we have no, no place we specifically have to be. It's, we're location independent. We have time on our side. Like, we could literally do anything. And that is so exciting. And also it can be really crazy. Like, so we're we're talking about moving to LA to the South Bay, like Hermosa Beach. And, you know, sometimes in the hustle of growing your business, it's really easy to lose sight of why you did it in the first place. And why we did this in the first place was to create this freedom and this passion project. And you can also, as you start to increase your income, and you have freedom. So now you have time freedom and financial freedom. You can totally get caught up in the ego and allow society to define your identity and say, I need to have this house or this car or this shirt or this whatever, or I need to do this or I need to do that. And I need to have all of these things. But I would caution you with this amazing amount of freedom to choose things that create fulfillment and joy in your life, right? So we had this conversation last night, Rob, about choosing things that make us joyful and happy. And we used to go out to eat like 700 times a week and it just doesn't make us happy anymore and it also makes us fat. So we have cut that back and we're getting green chef in, we're loving it. It's giving us that time to connect and dream. And it's creating so much more joy and fulfillment in our life. But, you know, all the fancy people are out, you know, hitting up all the new restaurants. So we could allow society to say that that's what we need to be doing or we could decide it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I did a great podcast. It'll be upcoming uh, soon with a guy named Mal... Mario, he kept correcting me because I, because I'm from New York, I say Mario, and like he's like, Super it's, Mario he's like, yeah, he's like, it's Mario, Mario Milosevic uh, from Serbia, um, super successful guy, multimillionaire, and you know, he hit a point in his life where he's looking at everything, and he's like, if it doesn't give me joy, I'm not doing it, and that includes everything I'm spending money on. So. You know, if I go out and I'm at a hotel that's between five hundred and a thousand dollars a night, is that worth the five hundred dollars that I'm spending for the exchange for what I'm getting? He said, in fact, a lot of times, I mean, this is a slight left turn to the conversation, but I still think it's in the same realm. Um, a lot of times I'm insulating myself from the experiences that I'm trying to have. So, you know, you wind up becoming friends with the front desk staff, the security people, the people at the pool, and not really experiencing the culture. And I could even argue, Kim, I think we haven't talked about this, but I think you'd agree that 
we can't go into a restaurant here in Atlanta without having, you know, one of the staff, the managers, the owners, whatever, sitting down with us. So yeah. what happens is, and there's nothing wrong with it that. It used to be a struggle for us on date night. We'd want to connect and we were always having dinner with somebody. <laughs> so there's always there's always somebody around. So I'm, I, I guess the point that I'm saying is ruthlessly become hyper vigilant in looking at everything you're doing everything that you're spending money on, everything that you're spending time on and decide whether or not the exchange, if it's money, is the uh, the amount of money you're paying. If it's time, is the amount of time you're paying worth the trade-off. In other words, are you buying the house because you want people to look at you a certain way? Are you spending the money on the furniture because you want people to look at you? All of these things that you're doing, when you're at this stage that we're at in our life now, we're reevaluating freaking everything, like everything. We're looking at stuff we have in a closet and going like, do we want to keep this? Well, that's a perfect example. Marie Kondo, right? That's her name? Yeah, Marie. Marie Kondo. Yeah, Marie Kondo. That's she, right. She uh, is the Japanese lady. She wrote a book about tidying up and you can. Um, she has a reality show, Rob Made Me Watch. And it was really good because she, her whole premise is take every single thing out of your closet, put it on the bed and lift one item at a time, hold it and say, does this give me joy? And if it does not give you joy, thank it for being in your closet for however many years and pass it forward, you know, pay it forward. And so I did this the other day and it was really interesting because when I've cleaned my closet out before, the question I asked myself is, will I ever wear this? And I can go, well, maybe if I'm, you know, in a Michael Jackson concert and running back up, I might actually wear this jacket with shoulder pads. That's like, a true story. She actually had a Michael Jackson outfit. It's not. It just had shoulder pads and it looked like I was, you know, bebopping in the 80s. So, um, but things like that, I could make a case for why I would keep. And now I'm saying, does this give me joy? And if it doesn't give me joy, I'm paying it forward so it can give somebody else joy because someone will find it joyful. And I think everything in your life, look, you're going to do things that you're building a business, you're living a life, you're going to do things that you don't love, you know, and you're going to, I feel like we need to still be mindful of what other people love to do and participate because you may not think it would bring you joy. Like even watching the Marie Kondo show, I was like, oh my God, you're going to make me watch like a reality show about cleaning. Like I, he, he's anal with cleaning. Have you ever seen Instagram where he has the, the gloves when he washes the dishes? I was like, oh, I'm going to die. But I watched it and learned something. And you have to be open, you know? So I don't want you to take this like, oh, I don't like to do that. I'm never doing it again. There are things that we have to do in life that, you know, may not bring you joy, but do, we said it 10 years ago, I think best, do more things you love and less things that you don't. And when you create time and financial freedom of your, for yourself, be exceptionally, or especially, I should say, mindful of doing that because you, it's really easy to get caught up in what you think you should be doing to keep up with the Joneses versus what you really want to do in your heart. So I'll leave you with this. I think the overall lesson here is that people buy your energy, right? So if you want to have a successful life, a successful business, and just feel really good about yourself, you have to be in a good place energetically. And to get in a good place energetically, you got to clear out some of the bad juju. So that's it for this week. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next week. 
All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.